Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, hello, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast, and today I am extremely excited to introduce uh, Peter, a very good friend. Um, and this is Peter Sandine. He's joining us for the episode today. And you'll probably already notice that even the introduction for this episode is slightly different to how we normally do it. Ultimately, because we're diving straight in and we're going uh, immediately into the conversation. And um, this, this, this conversation really has come about from, um, uh, or the fact that we're now doing the, uh, the introduction and the conversation with, with Peter, is that uh, we've had conversations previously um, through marketing. His experience is vastly uh, with, with marketing. He's got incredible degree of experience there. Uh, Peter Sandine, he's often called the marketer's marketer, which I absolutely love. Um, and the reason being, it's quite simple, is that more than half of his clients are marketing experts. Um, I will hold my hand up and say I don't consider myself a marketing expert, but I've certainly done had a lot of conversations with Peter recently, and he's been invaluable supporting me and helping me with um, the, the latest focus for our marketing and our funnels as well. His primary focus is marketing messages uh, and funnels, and uh, he's spent nearly a decade in copywriting and conversion optimization as well. One of the conversations that we'd had previously was about how to improve the conversions within my own funnel and the process that we're using uh, directly from Facebook ads and with Instagram advertising as well. His main focus is now helping small business owners for, uh, to help them get more leads, more sales for their website. Peter, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Good Absolute. to talk again. Absolute pleasure. It's great to chat again. Thank you so much. Um, would could you would you mind just giving probably just the easiest obviously I, I could give an introduction but would you mind just sharing a little bit about how we came to meet and, and under and the circumstances about how that happened as well? Uh, well, we're in the same mastermind group. I've been there now close to nine years, I think eight or nine years. I'm not sure how long you've been there, but you've been there for a while as well. Uh, and it's about, about nine months. <laughs> so, yeah, way so, here is long. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been a little longer there, but yeah, it's it's a mastermind for a private mastermind for basically people who help smaller businesses with marketing related things. I think it's gotten a little bigger from there. That used to be the very narrow focus, but that's that's how we know. And I'm, I mean, I think we just well, we know all the same people in the group, and I think we just decided to have a chat, and and we then ended up having a few chats. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
the 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 mastermind group first i was as i say introduced about nine nine months ago and in one of the, the major things i was looking for were was similar-minded people who had a big focus on marketing within their own business but then equally supported other business owners other entrepreneurs with their marketing as well um would you mind just giving us a bit of context about maybe some of the people that you've worked with previously and 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 um maybe some of the major successes as well that you've had uh, well, like you pointed out, a lot of them are marketing experts, uh, people who either do even messaging experts specifically, because it's really hard to do your own marketing message for your own business, because you it's the trickiest to find the other person's perspective, the target customer's perspective. So it's it's a really common thing for marketing experts to seek help with that, because we all know how important it is, and we know how hard it is to do for yourself. Um the, I mean, the, the rest, maybe 40% of my clients are anything from jewelers to air conditioning companies to SaaS businesses and B2B consultancies and personal coaches. I mean, anything and everything. And I specifically like that there is huge variety because I, I look at marketing from a perspective of like, not that, well, I have this one funnel and I want everyone to build this one funnel, uh, which can work if you only work with, let's say, dentists then yeah, okay, it might work that you have figured out a good funnel for dentists, certain size, certain size town, you know how to do it. Okay, fine. But I like to be able to look at the bigger picture of what makes marketing effective. And that translates pretty well to just about any situation. Uh, I'm not a technical expert. I'm not a tactical expert. I know the basics of a lot of different things and I can help people get started with different things, but primarily I'm interested in choosing the right tools and seeing if they work. And if they do, then, okay, let's find someone who can really supercharge it and like take over. But first, like, let's build something that really fits your situation. And I like the puzzle solving of that to figure it out for anything from e-commerce to SaaS to private coaches and such like it, yeah. it looks different from the outside but actually what makes marketing effective is pretty much the same stuff regardless of what you sell and who you sell it to there there are differences i'm sure there's a lot of b2b guys now like oh well he clearly doesn't work with b2b like no no a majority of my clients are in b2b <laughs> it, it doesn't really change the core of what makes it effective but but yeah, I like the, the puzzle solving of looking at very different businesses in very different industries, selling very different types of things and seeing how to make things work. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And the, the as, as, you, as you say, kind of the core theme that runs through that is understanding the, the messaging, um, the, the, your, your previous or background in copywriting, conversion optimization as well. So you touched upon funnels. We touched upon websites as well. This, the, the, I'm going to keep this quite broad to start with, but no doubt we'll get a lot more focus as we go through the, the conversation. What's the, 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 do you see a differentiation between funnels and websites? Is there quite a, a big differentiation? Would they be bracketed the same way? And what are some of the major differences that you think? Um, I mean, you have, like, you can talk, think of them as the one thing, but then again, not all funnels happen all online. And a lot of the funnel might be something else. Most of the time, a lot of what is in the funnel is not on the website or online at all. It might be, well, maybe email or maybe it's phone calls or it can be whatever. So I think that's one clear differentiator. And when I say website, I typically mean the public facing side of it. So all the pages people can see before they become a lead or before they 
are a customer or before they are a prospect and you are sending them a, a hidden link to some page that isn't you know easily findable from the website so that's sort of the the like that's how I define the website, but a funnel does include some of the pages of the website. So you might have a landing page on the website and you might, let's say, advertise it. And then people come to the landing page, which is also a part of your website, potentially. doesn't have to be, but potentially. And then they go to the next page, which with my definition, isn't any more part of the website. Uh, although usually if you rebuild your website, you will also look at the, the first page after an email opt-in or something. It's usually sort of there just because it would be kind of crude to say that, well, that's not part of this project. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's easy to think that, well, there's some con like complex uh, overlap, but I, I don't think it's that complex. It's really like website is what people can see on the public side. And then funnels are just you thinking of like, well, we have Facebook ads and then we have a landing page and then we have a sales page and we have emails. Some of those are on your website, some are not. So yeah. I look at a website as part of the sales funnel, not as a completely separate thing. Perfect, perfect. And so the the idea of the website then, and and this again, quite a broad question, but I'm I'm keen to dive in a, in a bit more detail. Different businesses, it, it, different businesses, different uh, niches, different industries, different people. Does, does the website always have the same purpose or does it have, is it always different or is it bracketed into certain areas? How do you kind of define the purpose of a website? I think the point of a website is that when people come there, your potential customers come to the website. It's first of all, they get the right idea of what they can get. It's appealing for them and it makes it easy and appealing for them to take the next step toward buying from you. So easy and appealing. Those are the key things. Usually people do one or the other, right. um, not both, or at least they miss the third part, which is effective. So even if people take a step toward buying, but it's a very much a sideways step, if they're not any closer to buying, it just sort of appears like it. And maybe we'll get to that a little later, but, um, but Yes, not every website has the same goal in the sense of like, well, how do you do it? Do you offer them a free consultation or a free PDF or do you direct them straight to a sales page? However, it is extremely unlikely that directing people straight to a sales page would be the most effective thing. You almost always, let's say 98% of the time, the most effective option is to offer something free as the initial thing. If people don't get that, then yeah, direct them to a sales page, hopefully they buy. But generally speaking, it's more effective. Even on an e-commerce website, you first offer people something free so that you get some sort of connect, uh, connection with them. So they join your email list or they give you their contact info so you can call them or whatever fits your business. But yeah, generally speaking, you offer something free first. It's just much more likely to be effective. Uh, there is that 2% of cases where it isn't, but it's very much an, an exception where it doesn't work best. Okay. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. So intended, intended to get people, you mentioned the word effective, but ultimately get people to, to, to move or move people closer towards taking the next step where they may potentially be purchasing from you. Um, generally that may be, I'm, I'm kind of repeating this, so please correct me if I've, if I've misinterpreted, but generally that would be, offering them something for free, including you mentioned e-commerce, which is quite interesting. So a lot, you know, Shopify stores and Etsy and all this kind of thing, I, I realize that may be slightly separate, but even in those kind of instances, would you generally recommend offering something for free or is that a slightly different situation? 
Even in those, yes. And the point is that if, if I would go to an e-commerce website that I've never seen before, it is very unlikely I would buy on the first visit. Not impossible. There is a small percentage of people who do, but generally speaking, it's a very small percentage. If you offer me then, let's say, let's say I'm really close to buying. Like there's a 50-50 chance, will I buy or not? So I'm really, really in that like top of the 1% of the like most likely buyers. If you would then offer me uh, even a very small discount coupon, if I just give you my email address, I'm fairly likely to do that. And that makes me more likely to buy. But it also gives you the chance to connect, like send me an email saying, hey, why didn't you buy if I don't buy immediately? Yeah. So even in that case, I'm not saying a discount coupon is always a good idea. Just as an example, that even if I'm really close to being ready to buy, it would still probably make sense to first give me the option of joining the email list. Not that I have to, like if I don't, if I say no, then obviously send me to the sales page, hope for the best. But yeah, give me first something that I can get. And a lot of email, uh, sorry, a lot of e-commerce websites are specialty stores. So if you're an Amazon or something, things work a little differently, even though they too want you to join their email list, but it works a little differently if you sell 100,000 different products or if you're Etsy where you have, well, 100,000 different manufacturers. But even they, I think, try to get you to their email list because it works. It generates better results in the end. But let's say you sell, I don't know, climbing equipment. Then if I'm a climber and I come to the website, if you offer me, a, a, let's say, an instructional course on how to train something specific in climbing made by a well-known person and I want that advice, I'm probably going to join the email list and that gives you a chance to do marketing to me. Those videos that I'm getting can be sort of sales. They can talk about, well, if you buy this product, you can do these sorts of exercises. And if you buy this product, you can do these things. So you get to actually uh, educate people. A lot of people who are moving from brick and mortar stores, for example, into e-commerce are thinking, well, there's no way I can create like a good experience for people. Well, no, if you try to sell them immediately, it's like someone enters the store and you're there like, hey, buy this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad experience, even in a brick and mortar store. Instead, you would dare, like you try to understand what they want and then you educate them. That's usually how it works in a brick and mortar store. That's what creates the positive experience. So do the same online. And I'm not saying it works always really well, but that's partly because people don't do it very well most of the time. Um, and like I mentioned, the effective, you can, like if you would, uh, let's say I have a luxury watch store online. And my first thing I tell you is, here's a discount coupon. Is that really going to give the right idea? No, yeah. it's going to create an expectation of low prices, Absolutely. lower quality, impulse purchases, like these easy things. And then it's like, well, this is $770,000. <laughs> Great, you get $5 off. Like, I mean, it, it's it's you can't just offer something people want and expect it to be effective at generating sales. It might be effective at getting people to your email list yeah. or taking some other step, but it, it also has to match the best reasons for people to buy from you. And if the free offer matches that, so let's take the climbing store. If, if the best reason for buying from that specific e-commerce store is that they're experts at it and they teach you how to actually get the good results, they help you with choosing the right tools and so on then offering a video series on how to do something would fit that image. It would associate that with, like if I was the visitor, I would associate expertise and helpfulness and such things to that website from then on. 
And I would then be also much more likely to buy from them, even if they're not the cheapest, even if they're not the fastest, even if they don't have the biggest selection, even if something else, because that's not why I would buy from them anyway. So if you know what makes people want to buy from you, then make the free offer, whatever it is, something that actually supports that message. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think... um... Well, I, I I love the idea. I'm I, I always I'm going to kind of align it back with Instagram and such. But one of the major things that we teach and share with clients is that we market publicly, we sell privately, and ultimately we're not trying to in any way force or push people into sales or or purchasing specifically directly on Instagram. Um, sometimes it might it may happen if people are ready to go, but generally it's much more about adding value uh, and and um, and. and sharing something up front which is going to be useful which solves a specific problem ideally building a database and then that's where you offer your your products and services and and, and such um in a, in a much more private forum so i'm i'm delighted that that is something that um it it, it kind of transcends websites it comes to instagram and of course i anticipate fully um that it that it it, uh, it uh, spreads into other areas of, of marketing and, and business as well um the the that seems to be, or we, we talked about the idea of giving something away for free or offering something so that we can then educate people, but also get um, kind of collect their, their, their details, their contact details, so we can market to them um, and, and offer them products and services in the future. So I maybe, maybe uh, hopefully I'm right in assuming that one of the mistakes that websites can make is that they go direct to a sale or perhaps they push a sale. What are some of the other really common mistakes that a lot of people have or that they make with their websites um, that you see over and over again? Um, I'll answer that, but I I, I think I should add that there's many other types of things that can be offered on the website. So it could be, in some cases, a free consultation. It could be another free service. So I'm sure there's, again, a bunch of B2B guys like, hey, this doesn't apply to us. We should never offer a PDF. Like, maybe you should, but (laughs) there are other options. (laughs) But anyway, the point is just that give a free, easy or easy and appealing way to take a step toward effectively towards buying. Um, But other mistakes, I think a general, like just focus on design and technology. That's, that's, That's a mistake. Like if your website doesn't look like it's 20 years old, yeah. Or there, there isn't like broken elements. Like if it's missing images or the, the like things are just truly look like it's a little broken or very, very out of date, then the design probably isn't an issue. Yes, better design might slightly improve the results, but you can never compensate for poor content with pretty design. Maybe if you sell design, maybe. But even then I'd argue that the design isn't at least not alone, going to work very well. You have to get the content right, and then the design can do something for you. The same goes with technology. I'm going to redesign my own website now for various reasons, but I won't add any more complex technology. I'm just going to remove all the extra stuff that has been like piling up in there. I'll remove most of the plugins. I'll take away some JavaScript. I'll take away all the stuff I can take away because it's much easier to get a good result with simpler websites in most cases, because then you can make changes a little faster. It's, there's less technology issues. There's less issues with speed. There's less issues with all sorts of things. It's often cheaper if you can discontinue using some tools and so on. So like people get really obsessed with how it looks and how it's built. 
And I think part of it is because those are somehow, those are the obvious ones. Well, what the colors are and what the pictures are. Like that's what you usually think of first when you go to another website. But what makes it effective or not generally is just what are you talking about and what are you offering people? Are you telling them something that really makes them want to take the next step and really want, makes them want to buy from you? And are you offering them something that's really actually easy to take? That's the next step that feels like, hey, well, I'm, I'm so lucky to find this. Or is it like, I mean, imagine a, a product slider, these carousels where there's different products that are moving. Let's take that to the physical world. You walk into a store and a salesperson comes there with like, would you like to buy this? Or what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? Like, it's ridiculous, <laughs> completely <laughs> ridiculous. It sort of can work. Yes, you can make sales like that, but it's not going to be very effective. And like, I, I occasionally get people asking like, well, can you take a look at my website, an e-commerce store, for example, and tell me what's wrong? And I open it and I'm like, I want to close it. I've been here for 0.1 seconds and I want to close it. <laughs> like yeah. it's just an assault, not by design. Like it doesn't look bad. It just feels like there's nothing but sales here. Like you're just pushing me into a sale and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good about it. So I'm going to leave. So what was your question? Did I answer it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the question was, was the, the common mistakes, common mistakes that you see. So pushing people generally towards a sale, yeah, too fast. Obviously, you are trying to direct them to the sale eventually, but most people are not going to buy if you're there like, well, so these are your options, buy or leave. Like most people are, okay, I'll leave. Yeah. Whereas if the options are buy, leave, or get this really nice free thing, then a lot of people will gravitate towards that free thing that they like. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Um, so the, so the, the, uh, offering something that perhaps isn't directly going to sales. You mentioned uh, the importance as well of um, the 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 content more so than the design. Um, if I understand that, that that surprises me because um, my mind would always think that people would generally be looking at the visuals and almost be taken in by the visuals. Maybe maybe almost blindsided by the visuals and and focusing less on the content. So is the is the suggestion then that actually we need to focus on high quality content, even if the look and feel of the website isn't quite as as, as good as it could be? Yes. Okay. I mean, imagine you go to a website, you're looking for something and you go to a website and it doesn't look like you're going to find what you're looking for. It looks pretty. There's really cool video. There's pretty graphics and all, but it doesn't look like you're going to find what you're looking for. Are you going to stick around? Probably not. It's going to have to have something truly spectacular for yeah. you to be like, well, this is going to be a waste of time, but it's so pretty. I'm going to look around. Like That's not how it works. Whereas if you go to another website that clearly immediately makes it clear to you that you can get something you want, but it doesn't look spectacular. It's not ugly. It doesn't look broken, but it's really basic. There's basically nice colors. There's basically everything's in place, but it's not like it's going to win some design awards. Are you going to stick around? Yes. Like it, you, you really have to have some weird kink about design for you to leave a website that's clearly <laughs> offering what you want and you wouldn't stick around because it's yeah. not spectacular enough. So yes. And, and I think a part of it is that website building web, uh, products, whether it's WordPress themes or like ClickFunnels or Unbounds or a thousand other options, Wix, Squarespace, all of these things, and especially website design companies, 
they're about design. They talk about design all the time. Yeah. As if that was super important. But that's because that's what they sell. They don't sell you the content. They sell you the, the paint job on the car. Yes. So yeah. it's like, well, obviously they're going to make try to make you think that that's super important because that's all they're selling. Like they, they're also selling the basic technology, but it works. That's enough. You don't have to really have anything super fancy. Mm-hmm. Something like geo-targeting. It's cool. You can get marginally better results with it, but like, honestly... I don't think I know of a single case where it's necessary. It's beneficial, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if the content or oh, I didn't value, as opposed to the, the look and feel of the website, the content and the, the, the sustenance, if you like, is far more important. What do you feel makes website content effective? What, what's, how would you describe effective content for a website? What's the purpose? Well, you know, I guess it depends on the purpose, but how do you define that? And how do you, when you're working with, with clients, how do you take them through that process? So then it's about the messaging, marketing message. And how I talk about it is not the usual value proposition idea of the value you deliver to people, but rather I look at, well, what are the most compelling things you could possibly make your target customers understand? Like what would make the biggest difference to their likelihood of buying? Okay. And then let's building from like let's start building from there. Obviously, it takes quite a bit of work to get to that point. A lot of people think that, well, that takes five minutes, right? It's like I've done this hundreds of times and it takes me several hours to do for my own thing. So like, and I can only do it if I follow like my own process quite religiously, because otherwise I'm gonna screw it up. I can't possibly assume that I can do it well without guidance. But yeah, so that's where it starts from. If you know what are the most compelling things, like what are really the most effective things you could say, then that's what you say. And how you communicate those things depends on the situation. So an example I often use is that, well, one of, if one of the reasons why people should buy from you is that your approach is clearly much smarter than your competitors. If you say that my approach is smarter than others, <laughs> it's probably not very efficient. Like it probably doesn't work too well. It just comes off cocky and kind of delusional, but you can communicate that through testimonials or endorsements or by showcasing how some other process works and how yours is simpler or makes more logical sense or something. So I'm not saying that you just say the marketing message, but rather it's things you communicate. And depending on what are the most compelling things you could communicate, you do it differently. But yeah, that's where you start. You figure out, what should you get across? And you get there by looking at the target customer. And instead of defining it based on sort of how you would pick them out of a crowd or what they look like to you, you think of, well, how do you look like to them? What's their perspective? And you define it based on their perspective. Because if they have widely different ideas of the topic, if their perspective is different, you can't make one marketing content work for all of them at all. But if you define it based on their perspective, then it becomes possible. Then you think of, well, what do they want the most? So not necessarily what's most valuable, but what makes them drool, what makes them like excited that, oh, I can get that. Like I'm very motivated to do that. Especially on B2B side, there's often a huge disconnect between what's valuable and what people want. So for example, if you sell something that saves a lot of uh, money for the company, but the person who's buying it there isn't going to directly benefit from the company saving money. It's probably not going to make them drool if they hear about that. But if you tell them that, well, you individually will look really good in your boss's eyes if you do this, then 
suddenly they might be much more interested. And it works in many different ways. But anyway, that's the next thing. Then you have to think of what they're comparing you to and how do they see those comparisons so that you can then figure out what makes them see you or your offer as meaningfully different from the alternatives. And then you can put the things together, the most desirable things and the most differentiating things into actually an effective marketing message. And then you can start building the website based on that. I love it. I love it. It sounds like you've got a really clear process and system that you use every single time you as you say like you you've done it literally hundreds of times i mean when we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago um it was it, I, I, I mean the, the questions would just come in it felt pretty natural for you to just get asked the right questions at the right time so how do you what's the process that you're that you work with or, or how how do you approach that with clients and at the moment what's kind of the way that you're that you're supporting clients with this right now well, most often I do it as coaching or consulting, however you want to define it. Uh, but basically it, the most typical option is that I send some questions over. Then we have a call where we go deeper into that topic. So the first, it would be the target customer. We'd have a call about it where we go deeper into it. Then there would be questions about the outcomes, the differentiators and such. And we'd have another call where we go through that even more deeply. And then I'd create the marketing message for you. And we'd have one more call where we go through what I created, how can we improve it? Is there something missing? Is there something unnecessary? Is there a, although the point isn't to copy paste, we still try to make the, the wording as good as we can and go through how you actually use it in different marketing. That's the most common option. Yeah. It's also included in a product I have on website building called Six Figure Website. Um, so it's, it's not the one-on-one -on -one process, but the whole process is explained and all the questions are there. Yeah, I love that name six six figure website that was the name is that yeah. right works yeah. if you want to make seven figures or eight figures or nine figures as well <laughs> Just to be clear yes yeah. seven figures, eight figures. but but predominantly i'm i'm guessing would I, would i be writing again without jumping to conclusion but i'm i'm right thinking then that predominantly predominantly who this program is aimed at, at the moment is those that are looking to get consistently six, six figures through their website or through their business in total who, who's this who's this kind of for? I love, I love the name. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Um, sure. So it's basically, it's meant for business owners who are still going to do a lot of their website stuff on their own or okay. who are fed up with website development companies not delivering good results. A pretty website that works well, yes, but not one that actually converts. So a lot of the people who go through it are they don't actually intend to redo their own website, but rather they want to understand what it needs to do so that it's effective. So that when they talk with their web development company, they can say that, well, that looks good now also let's do this there. So it's effective because web yeah. development companies are full of designers and developers, not marketing experts, not copywriters, not conversion optimization guys. So it's, but yeah, a lot of the people who go through it do actually build their own website still on a simple website builder and that works just fine but but yeah it's it's meant for mostly business owners who are still heavily involved in the process of either building it themselves or in the content of like creating the content yeah okay i love that and you mentioned already this this is something that's applicable no matter what business area people are in is it is it the same process same system or is it tweaked slightly depending on people's businesses how yeah. does it kind of work well, the website, uh, sorry, the message development process is always the same. Like it doesn't matter what you're selling or to whom, because that's what the process is about. Yeah. Um, but then, for example, there's 
15 to 20, I'm not sure how many different options for what the first free offer could be. So what could be the first thing you offer people as the easy next step toward buying? Yeah. Um, there's a few that I recommend most often and there's more detailed instructions for those. But, but yeah, the point is that there's a plenty, there's a lot of different options. Uh, and same goes with the website pages. There are very consistently effective ways to write them, but you don't need all of the pages. So if you don't sell anything on the website directly, then you won't have product pages. You won't have category pages. You won't have some of the pages. Whereas if you have a e-commerce store, then you might not have a services page. Like it's, there's just a selection of what pages you probably need and instructions on how to write them and, and how to combine them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, pretty much the way you build an effective website is more or less the same. It's just, you don't have all the same pages, but the content on a homepage that is effective can usually be pretty much the same. On an e-commerce website, you might add most popular products somewhere there, but mostly you can still build it the same way as on a many, like many other types of websites. Okay, okay, okay. And and is this, is this intended for people that are already generating sales through a website that they need to be particularly technical or have a, a website development team or... Uh, who, who is this kind of suitable for? Um, you don't have to make sales at all for it to work because the point is just let's make your website effective. So even if you haven't made sales before, then maybe now you can start making sales or yeah. now you can start getting leads from there. So people sometimes wonder, well, should I even look at my website if I don't get a lot of traffic there? Well, if you don't get a lot of traffic, the conversions are even more crucial. Mm. So yes, um, but yeah, I think about half the people who have bought it so far are people who build their own website with whatever ClickFunnels or WordPress or Squarespace or, or whatever system. And the other half are people who have a web development team who will then actually build things for them. And they just think about the content themselves. I like it. I like it. And I think it, it ranges from people who haven't made a single sale to people who make consistent multiple seven figures. Yeah. So I think there might've been a couple of eight figure businesses, but that's not who I generally target. So, but yeah, seven figure businesses, yeah. the name is a little misleading for them, but the point is just, <laughs> it's, it's an effective website. Yeah. A lot of seven figure business owners tell like when I talk up with them, they are just, they even tell stories how their clients have told them that I didn't hire you thanks to your website. I hired you despite of your website. Uh, the relatively common thing that the website is a little misleading. It creates yeah. the wrong impression of what you do. And then even people who are really close to buying, they go to the website and then they are suddenly a little confused and they're not certain anymore that this is right. So it's not really, it, I don't care about the tools and the industry doesn't really matter. It's, it's, really just how you implement the instructions. And it's not that, well, write about this thing here, but rather write about this sort of thing here. And we've already determined in your case, what that sort of thing is. Yeah. So the templates are not like, well, here's a template, like here's a headline for you, ready, don't change it. This is your headline now. Yeah. And what, what I'm thinking for, for websites that maybe get a lot of traffic or as, as you say, even those that don't, but they're, they're not really converting. Um, like what what's what happens i mean what what's the danger if people aren't ultimately putting focus on this because i i mean you know again to be totally open i'm the major thing that i encourage people to do is focus on the, the social media side and getting out there and connecting with people generally because that's where people spend their time and so it's if you're looking for traffic then it's about getting in front of in front of people on social media but naturally the the, the priority and the focus and the business building is moving people to a 
uh, to a page, um, building you know building an email database and such, and then marketing with email marketing and and, and other such follow up. Um, so what's the what's the kind of particular? And I guess I'm asking a little bit more so for businesses, um, because business has changed so much over the past twelve months. And, and a lot of people will be adapting to online maybe for the first time. Maybe people have done it previously, but suddenly it, it feels a bit more competitive or they, it, it's changed how people are using um, uh, websites and online as well. So why now? Why do you think it's so vital right now that people you know, take this seriously? And what happens if they perhaps don't? What are they potentially missing out on? Well, obviously, yeah, a lot of businesses have needed to move online and for them, it's suddenly a much more urgent thing. Or if your business overall has shifted more online, then yes, the website makes an even bigger difference or it's more pronounced that it makes a big difference. You ha don't have as many tools for compensating for a confusing website or a website that doesn't get the right ideas across. Whereas previously, maybe you had seven face-to-face -face meetings with someone and now you don't. So or it, some of it is online and it's even more likely they just look at your website and are like, well, I don't know, this doesn't look right. Um, but in general, I, I don't think it's somehow suddenly more urgent unless your business has really changed like that. It's just that, I mean, a lot of people I help with websites see a six-figure difference as soon as it's a new website. I mean, six figures per year difference, even if they weren't making six figures before. So like, I mean, Obviously, I'm not promising a specific outcome, but my point is that it can make a very surprisingly big difference. So it's more about like, well, does it work well? If it doesn't work well, then it should be a high priority. If you are consistently getting very high conversion rates, you get if you get a thousand visitors, you get hundred or two hundred people to your email list. Great. If you get three hundred, even better. But if you get fifty or ten then you're probably pretty screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so like you, you need to make, or you can look at it as how much are you losing and are you comfortable with that? And for example, like I've been postponing my own website redesign for years now. There's even, I think the picture I have there is of me about 10 years ago. <laughs> so like it's well worth starting to think about it and I'll probably do it in the next two or three days which is, by the way, something we didn't cover. It shouldn't take very long. If it takes you months, you're probably doing it wrong. It, it really doesn't need to be that big of a project. But why I'm going to start doing it now is that I'm pretty confident I'm losing about 100,000 euros a year because the website doesn't do the things I know it could do for me. The conversion rates are fine, but there's other issues like it's directing people slightly to the wrong type of offer initially. It's not the highest converting immediate offer that my business has changed a little. I have products now, whereas previously it was just coaching and high ticket consulting. So I then offered people straight to high ticket consulting, which is not the highest converting immediate thing. Whereas now I have something that's much easier to get started with. So overall, there's my business has changed. So yeah. I should change it as well. And that's another really common thing. People just, they, they don't feel like their website is up to date. And that's a pretty big problem because <laughs> if you sell one thing and you try to sell it to someone and they're like, cool, I'll think about it. Then they go to your website and it looks like you sell a completely different thing. How likely are they to buy that thing? They might, but they're less likely. So I have a bunch of issues there. So I need to fix it. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's, it's a really valuable point, as you say, because offers and products and such change so frequently you've obviously got a really good idea from having done this so many times about what does convert well where people are likely to take action where they're probably less likely to take action um and so adjusting and tailoring 
the, the way that you're positioning those offers and, and where you're guiding people to on the website can have a, a massive impact. You say you, you're probably missing out or you feel that you may be missing out on, on 100,000 euro plus uh, on an annual basis from the way that the, the site's currently set up, which is obviously uh, brings in a little bit of, <laughs> of urgency as well. Um, so the, 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 I've got absolutely no doubt just from the conversation we've had so far, there will be people who would like to know more um, this is something that you're launching at the moment, putting a real big focus on your own website and then uh, taking people through a process as well. Um, we're going to put, I'll put a link in the show notes, um, but could you just, I, I think you already have, but just maybe just sort of summarize once more exactly what the, uh, or what the process might look like for people if they do want to learn more. And then uh, I'll give the, the link to the website and such and, and kind of what's entailed and, and what it includes. Uh, well, actually, what we talked before we started, uh, you link to a video where I go through the website redesign project. So if someone wants to see the whole process, what are the th steps and what do you need to focus on? What are the pitfalls to avoid? And sort of hopefully some golden nuggets about each of the steps as I go through the whole process in my own business uh, or for my own website. Probably tomorrow and the day after okay. might be the next three days, depending. I have a lot of other st stuff to do. But anyway, I'll record a video about it and it's available through the link you'll put into the description. Um, but basically the first thing is the message. If you don't know what you need to get people to understand so they want to buy, then you can't really do any marketing. Your website, ads, Instagram, I'd, I'd argue it's very hard to do any marketing very well if you don't know what you're trying to make people understand. Yeah. Then there's what is the next usually free offer. So what is the next step you ask people to take, whether it's uh, to contact you or get a PDF or a video or sign up for a webinar or come to your event or come to your store or I don't care, whatever. What's the next step? And once you have that, then build the website around it. And like that doesn't take long usually because you just follow templates. You've already done the hard work of know what to make people understand. So you know what you're supposed to talk about and then you yep. just talk about those things. Um, and then you're done. I mean, if you want to make some sort of design changes, okay, but I really question if it's necessary. I'll make a couple of design changes, but I won't put a lot of time into it, but I'll, I'll make a few small tweaks to it because I, I think I can do it a little better now and without spending many hours on it. Yeah. But really like design isn't the point, the technology isn't the point. It's, it's just figure out the message. What is it that you're offering people so they have an easy next step toward buying and then build the website around that. Yeah, I, it won't feel like pushing people into this thing. It just yeah. feels like, well, there is this really good looking thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I love the fact, sorry, sorry to, um, to cut across you, uh, Peter, but I, I love the fact that you're doing this with your own website and you're actually walking through how you're adapting yours. So it's not, it's not a, it's not hypothetical. It's not, you know, this is what it could be, but you're literally doing it with your own website. And uh, I will definitely take a look at this video. I'm going to be looking at this as well. So the link um, we're going to set up, it's if you go to jakeadamdavy.com forward slash Peter, P-E-T-E-R jakeadamdavy.com forward slash peter and i'll put that link in the show notes as well uh we'll also link that in the any socials that go out for this uh, and that will take you straight through to the video where where peter literally walks through his own website and and sharing you know the the, the major things that are in there what, the, what you know what needs to happen why they're in there um in that particular way i'm definitely going to take a look at this when it's when it's done i'm i'm really excited about that because 
Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm sat here. I'm thinking I know that my website needs needs looking at again as well um, as as seems to be the case. But uh, I'm, it's something that I think extremely valuable. Um, so I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, JakeAdamDavy.com forward slash Peter, and people can go and, and take a look at that there. Um, is there anything I've, I've got? I'm really keen to dive into a few um, other quick fire questions and, and such as well. But is there anything specifically with that, Peter, that maybe I've I've not asked or I've missed? That you think is really really useful for people to to be aware of. Uh, well, I think something that people often miss that can help quite a bit. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but it's a very simple, clear thing you can do to improve your website, which is to go and take out all the fluff, and maybe start so that you don't actually start editing the website. You just take a picture or something, and you cross over everything that doesn't have like isn't really truly effective. That doesn't give a very clear image of what you do. It doesn't clearly communicate some desirable outcome or it's not super clearly differentiating or meaningfully differentiating and just see what's left. Because usually if you take out the fluff, you take out the things that are not super effective, then first of all, you're left with just a super effective. Hopefully there is something left, but even more importantly, <laughs> It's much more effective to say a few things that are all really impactful than to say a hundred things among which there's some impactful things. It's the used car salesman effect that if you claim that this car is perfect in every way, then yes, it's apparently really good in all the ways that are important for you, but it's much more effective if someone says, well, the top three things about this car are X, Y, and Z. Are those important for you? If not, we have other cars if those are the most important things for you, then you're damn interested in that car. So kind of going at the website with the same idea of, am I saying things that are not actually specific? They're not clearly desirable. They're not talking to a specific target customer. It's not from their perspective. It's not easily understandable for them why this is unique or different, or they don't understand why it's important for them or something else. Like just take out everything that isn't effective and see what's left. And you're probably better off. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot. I'm reading a lot at the moment about simplicity and and keeping things as simple as possible. Um, and I, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. So, Peter, thank you so much for that. As I say, I'll pop the link in the show notes. Um, JakeAdamDavy.com forward slash Peter, uh, and people can go across and watch that video, uh, which I, I'm, I, I'm very, very excited and, and so useful um, as. I mean, websites ultimately for business owners, entrepreneurs, personal brands, business brands, whoever they may be, and across all niches, you know, it's something that we all look to have and, and um, to position ourselves. And of course, as you say, generate leads, clients and customers for the business as well. Um, I'd love to move into, if I may, um, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of time and I want to be respectful of your time as well, Peter, but I'd, I'd love to ask just kind of a few quick fire questions as well, if I may. Um, they, they're not necessarily linked to, to, to marketing in, as such or, or uh, areas that we talked about so far with websites, but they may eke into that a little bit. And it, obviously, it also gives a bit of context about your background as well. Um, it doesn't have to be a quick fire response. You, you, can, you can give a bit of context, but um, I'd love to know who for you over the past or through your, your in the course of course of your life, but ultimately, you know, maybe through what you do with business or with work or, um, um, I mean, literally it could be any area, but who for you has, um, and it could be close or distant, but who has been one of the most influential people, do you think, or a few people that have been particularly influential for you on your, uh, on your life and your growth and, and the direction that you've taken? Um, I think 
business-wise, if we restrict it there, then I'd probably say, um, well, in a way, uh, an easy answer maybe would be Danny Eady because he was one of my first clients. We've worked together many times. I've, I've, I mean, we're not like close friends, but we know each other pretty well. We talk occasionally. Um, and like, he helped me a lot by just giving me an early chance. I, I did really well for him. I beat his ass in his own, own game. It was public. <laughs> like, I mean, it became a public thing that like I wrote a competing sales page for him and I beat him like five to one in the test. Wow. Um, but uh, there's some caveats, but anyway, like it, it, he helped a lot early on just because he made that public. And, and that was one of the reasons why so many experts became my clients because he, he made it public that I could help him. And that was a good endorsement for a lot of experts. Um, he's also actually the one to recommend me into the mastermind group where we are both a part of. Um, but I think if I sort of have to look even a little further back, I, I don't remember the name. I think it was more of a group of people who made a copywriting training that I bought when I was just getting started in marketing. And it was a huge investment for my, I mean, it wasn't actually that big of an investment, but back then it was a huge investment yeah. of both money and even more time. I mean, I spent, I don't know how many hundreds of hours just hand copying existing sales letters just yeah. to learn how to write good copy. And yeah. um, I mean, I mean, everyone always talks about that's a good practice and I don't remember many people actually doing it, but it is a very good practice. Like just spend the time, just write, rewrite sales letters that are really good. Yeah. Just write them word for word as they wrote it multiple times and you do learn to sort of see how, how things work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the people who put that together might actually be uh, worth some credit, but I don't remember even single one of their names. <laughs> um, I, I'd, I'd love to know, could I just, could I just further that as well? I, how in my, in my mind there are a number of skills that are, are essential or i personally believe are essential for people to succeed with business um i think um an ability to sell is definitely one ability for marketing uh, and again they're quite broad terms but you know an understanding of sales an understanding of marketing be that even one-to-one -one, um ability as well i would i would definitely put writing up there and copywriting up there um are there maybe I don't know, three, five, one major skills that you think are essential for people to succeed with their business? Or do you think they can survive on just one? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think two. I, I'd argue two. So copywriting, I wouldn't say is one of those because okay. copywriting is basically how you say things. Whereas marketing messaging is what you say what is the idea you're conveying so if you put into really nice words uneffective ideas that's still ineffective whereas if you're not really good at copywriting but you are communicating the right ideas you're still going to get good results yeah so it's like you need the good ideas and then how good you're at copywriting is an amplifier it just multiplies the results it doesn't create any if you're multiplying zero it doesn't matter how how much you're multiplying it with you're still left with nothing yeah. um so i wouldn't say copywriting is one of them but in addition to understanding what you need to make people understand so that they want to buy that's the one so message and then the other is how do you make it easy and appealing for people to take steps consecutive steps towards buying from you until they make it there uh, i think that's the only other thing you really need to understand so you can call it a sales funnel. I usually talk about a conversion path because it's not necessarily all online and people often think that a funnel is only online. Um, but I'd argue those are the two things. And I, I, 
I mean, yes, sales and marketing, however you want to look at it, but I just sort of avoid the argument over what counts as marketing and what counts as sales by thinking, well, can you like, do you understand how to create that next appealing step for people to take toward buying? And then the next step after that, and the next step after that. Yeah. If you really only know two things, and those are the two, you'll make a lot of sales. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's other things you need to do like accounting, but you can get <laughs> easily hire someone else to do that stuff. Yeah. So a lot of the other things are much less crucial, but when it comes to marketing, those are the two things I think really matter the most. Yeah. You know what it is that you're trying to say. So people buy and can you make it easy and appealing for them to take those steps? Yeah. So people will jump through a lot of very high up hoops, but most people don't. So if you make it really tricky, if you don't make it appealing, then even if everything else is well, it's not going to work very well. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love, I love the fact that having pulled those two things out, they tie back in perfectly to what we talked about at the start of the, of the call, um, where you ultimately you were talking about the, the major functions of a website. Right. And, and so it totally makes sense. I'm, 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 I'm smiling here for anybody that's listening. I'm smiling here because the, the things that you've identified as being fantastic skills for people to have are exactly what you've identified that you kind of lay out when you're, when you're building up an effective website. Um, which I, I, I love that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's the same skills if you talk about, well, what makes email marketing effective or what makes advertising effective or what makes sales conversations effective. I'd, I'd venture a guess it's the same things that make Instagram effective. Are you saying things that make people likely to take the next step and offer them something they actually want to do? Whether it is to have a conversation there or to just follow you, maybe that's what you ask sometimes. And sometimes you offer them a bigger step forward. But like, ultimately, that's what any marketing tactic boils down to. And I, I talk about what I call marketing essentialism. What are the essential things? And those are the essential things. And then you need some tactics, some tools that you use for building that path with so that you have a website where you offer a free thing for them to take, for example, that would be a tactic or a tool, or you could use Instagram to reach people, the potential new customers. Do you need something for that? Or you could maybe you have conversations there with people and that's part of the path again, or maybe you use Facebook ads or you use, I don't know, whatever, (laughs) but like the essentials really are what you should focus on because it's very easy to get bogged down by the hundred different tools and tactics you could be using and the thousand different ninja tricks you can use to improve results. Like you don't need stealth selling and such. You just need a few sales. (laughs) Like things are very simple when you boil them down to just the essentials. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Peter. Um, could I ask them, what do you, the, the, the copywriting book, I love that you mentioned that, but are there any other particular books uh, that you, so I, Danny, any you mentioned uh, just then, uh, when I had a conversation with him recently, he recommended a particular book to me. Um, I won't actually say what that is just bef- before I ask you, just in case it sways you in any way, but um, he, uh, he recommended a particular book to me, which I've, I've picked up and, and read, uh, took a lot from. Are there any particular books that you um, recommend that, that people pick up and read or that you're reading at the moment or you, you come back to again and again that you get a lot of value from? Um, anything that you could recommend? Yeah, so business-related, again, uh, Robert, Robert Cialdini's Influence, which fits well into the topic right here but but yeah that's that's <laughs> the one that I, I recommend by far the most often if people ask for a marketing book even though it's not technically a marketing book but it describes like it helps you understand what marketing is about it's not about 
sneaky ways to influence people, but rather it's about understanding what affects people. Yeah. How is it that you can change their perspective or how can you understand their perspective so that you can say something that makes them understand the value they could get. And even though, I mean, the book is, if, I mean, sometimes when I say that, well, that's the one you should read, it kind of creates this aura of, so you're about manipulation and such things like, no, no, that's not why I think you should read it. I think you should read it because it's about what makes marketing effective. And that's about understanding the other person's perspective to what it is that you offer and how you can influence that, how you can change it, how you can make them understand things that make them feel that it's worth taking the next step. And assuming you sell something actually good, something actually useful, then I think it's perfectly fine to help them understand how good it would be. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. I, I love that. So I'll, I will put a link to uh, Robert Cialdini, um, uh, his book, Influence. Uh, it's something I've read a number of times, even before, before launching the Influence podcast. Um, so I will definitely mention that. Um, if you could get one message or one quote or one phrase or one saying or one just something... Uh, and impart that to, to, to the world, um, what would it be? That's a really tricky question. I always have a ton of ideas, except when you put me on the spot, of course. <laughs> um, I think one thought is that like a lot of people, I mean, this is business and otherwise, people often feel like they need to have a, a really, really brilliant idea, some grandiose thought or a huge business idea, or they have to be the best at something for the idea or for their skills or something to be worthy of being sold or being performed. Or, I mean, I have plenty of experience of feeling this, especially as a kid that I had to be the absolute best or else I just wasn't good enough. So like, I, I like helping, well, I'm not very good at necessarily helping people through it, but that's something I wish more people would understand because I have a lot of experience of it. And, and very often, even a very small idea, I mean, business idea, for example, even a very minor seeming thing can become a very successful business, probably not a billion dollar business, but most people don't want a billion dollar business. They want a business that enables a nice life for them. Yeah. Running a billion dollar business sounds like a nightmare to me. Like I <laughs> not want to do that. Like that life is not something I would want. Sure, I'd take the money, but I don't want the life that comes with that sort of business. So uh, I think overall just understanding that there's value in very small things and just being good at something you don't have to be the world's best at something for it to be useful and when it, if it comes to marketing then it's just a question of how do you make people understand it if it's a personal thing where you don't feel like it's good enough then just recognize that no it is good enough if you enjoy doing something then it's good enough if you enjoy performing something and some people enjoy listening or some people enjoy watching and that's good enough. You're not, you don't have to perform for everyone. It's just finding the, the right audience, whether it's personal or not. Just find the right audience that actually enjoys and gets value out of what you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. And final question. Um, I do ask it to everybody, so I'm keen to get your thoughts. You've already mentioned it, um, mentioned it uh, earlier, but I'd love to kind of know, what does the word influence mean to you? I think it means being able to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's fairly broad. It can mean a lot of things, but you asked a broad question. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but I, I think influence can mean very different things depending on context, but that's what it ultimately boils down to as what's the meaning of it. I could define it some other way, but I think what the meaning of it is, like 
what sort of a difference can you make in other people's lives? You can have positive influence or you can have negative or you can be positive or negative. I don't know, whatever. English isn't my native language. So <laughs> I'm not very good at the prepositions. Um, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But in any case, I think that's what I think it means. Definition is a different thing and I won't try to do that. But what it means is, is can you make a difference in people's lives? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think that is a real simple um, definition and it's it's one which I think rings true ultimately Peter as, as we've talked about the, the way that you're making a, a huge difference right now is supporting people amongst multiple ways of course but right now supporting people generating more leads more clients more customers getting more conversions through their, their website um, I've taken a lot from all the conversations that we've had not just today but all the conversations we've had um, and uh, I look forward to having many more in the future uh, is there anything final that you'd like to, to share with the audience or, or to mention just before we wrap up today? No, I, I think overall, like it, there's a lot of people who feel like marketing is really complicated and it's, it's not necessarily scary, but it's uncomfortable. It's confusing or overwhelming. Then just simplify. I mean, it might feel also difficult to simplify, but like look for simpler things that work. I mean, a lot of people who talk about sales funnels, for example, sell these super complex things. Obviously they say it's easy to build, but it takes them like half a year to build their own thing. And they, they use like three different companies to help them with it. That's not easy. Like build simple things. They can work still very well. Rather put much more effort into understanding the very basics, the very essentials and just screw the fancy shiny objects for a while and just get the basics right it's much more likely to work and it also feels a lot easier and much more comfortable and you, you can usually feel a lot more confident if you get the basics right because then you start seeing results and you can just improve them with all the fancy ninja stealth selling tricks that you can find online whatever those mean so um, i think that's just something people often sort of it's not wrong because yes, those tricks can improve results in some cases, but it's not what creates results. It's what multiplies results. You have to get the basics right. And like, just don't stress about the fancy stuff until you get the very basics working. It, it makes things easier. It really does. It really does. And it's something we, we share a lot at the moment with clients is, and, and I, and I, a little bit, you know, personally for me over the past few years, I, I don't consider myself particularly technical. And whenever I've tried to be overly technical or get a bit extravagant, things haven't worked. And actually, again and again and again, the simpler we, you keep it, the better results, the it builds your confidence. And then, as you say, it's not about seeing the results, but it's then about scaling and, and, and multiplying the, the effects of, of, of that um, when, when you do want to get a bit more adventurous. But certainly, initially, simplifying is the way to, uh, to, to see results. Well, Peter, thanks so much. I genuinely appreciate your time. Um, I do hope we can do this again sometime. Uh, I'll remind everybody one more time with the link where they can watch your literal walkthrough step-by-step -step that you're doing for your own website and get a really good understanding of how they can implement these things for their own websites as well. So it's jakeadamdavy.com forward slash Peter. We'll put that link in the show notes. Peter, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Again, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. I'm glad if, if I see another invitation, I'm very happy to take it on. I would love it. Yeah, thank you so much. And maybe there'll be a time in the future where we can do this in person. We shall see. Thank yes. you so much uh, for everybody that's listening. I uh, very much appreciate your time as always. We certainly don't take that for granted. If you've taken things away from this session, then please do connect with Peter. Uh, go across to that link and uh, do give us feedback in, the, uh, in, uh, in Instagram and do feel free to come and connect with us anytime. Thanks so much. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.